This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Thanks for joining us this morning as we head into the final hour of the program today. And as you know, we took a break last weekend, but we have been going through the nominees in the Ethel Wilson Fiction Prize category of the West Coast Book Prize Society's annual BC Book Prizes. These are the 34th annual BC Book Prizes. Some amazing books have been written and have been nominated. And this morning, sorry, I just have to reach and get my copy of the book, which is going to go into the book prize at the end, uh, by the way. Uh, this morning's book is called Brother, and the author of Brother joins us on the line now. And uh, David Chariandi, thank you so much for being here. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, talk a bit about uh, the book. I, I will fully admit I've not read the whole thing, but I've read a few passages this morning, uh, quite beautifully written. Uh, give us a bit of a synopsis uh, on what it's about. Okay. Uh, um, well, it's uh, essentially a story of uh, two brothers. Um, they're growing up in um, a, a suburb. Uh, it's uh, in t- a suburb called Scarborough, <laughs> of course. Uh, and... Um, yeah, they. Um, I guess they're trying to. Um, I guess the, the the story itself is told from the perspective of the younger brother, and he's uh, in a sense coping with the loss of his older brother, and um, and how uh, the loss of his older brother has affected uh, his family and uh, the community around him. And when you say it, it takes place in Scarborough, is it the actual Scarborough, or is it based on that? Um, it's a yeah, it's a fi- I guess it's a fictionalized Scarborough. So it's um, uh, I I grew up in Scarborough, and uh, for a long time uh, that uh, suburb um, had a, a bit of a reputation, uh, a bit of a negative reputation, and I guess I um, that always stuck with me, uh, stuck with me for quite a number of years, and I wanted to I guess portray uh, the Scarborough that I knew fil- filled with um, you know with really uh, incredible people hardworking, uh, resilient people, uh, imaginative people, and beautiful people. And uh, yeah, I guess the book uh, attempts to show that. And the, the book is the story, uh, as you mentioned as well, uh, two brothers, uh, Michael and Francis, the sons of Trinidadian immigrants. Uh, how important is that part of the story, the fact that they are, are sons of immigrants? Um, I guess it's I guess it's important. I mean, I, 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 I think the story, as, as many other stories, uh, um, re- may resonate with people who are not necessarily thinking about the lives of immigrants. But I, I, um, my, um, yeah, my parents were immigrants from Trinidad. Um, um, I grew up um, with the kind of the, I guess, yeah, the the tastes and sounds and um, and stories of Trinidad in my household. And um, yeah, I think. Um, I think it's uh, it makes an interesting story. Why not? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, interesting story, uh, and I'm not giving anything away. Uh, people will read this if they read uh, the synopsis uh, on the jacket as well. That there is there there is a tragedy, or there is uh, there is a shooting that leads to something that the characters have to deal with. Uh, did, was that based on, on a on a story that you had heard, or or something that that you had? Uh, read about or experienced or, or or how did you come to to bring that in as one of the key points in the story um that i guess uh, is a combination of uh, uh as many things in 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 i guess in my writing a combination of fact and fiction it wasn't something that happened to me uh directly uh it uh, stories of shootings and scarrows have uh however impacted me all of my life because um 
Yeah, there was a, uh, although, uh, you know, the amount of crime in Scarborough is not any higher than any other part of Toronto, because Scarborough was comprised, uh, or is comprised, uh, um, largely of, or, or to a significant degree of uh, working class, visible minority immigrants, um, news of Scarborough in the past uh, often was geared towards shootings and violence, and, and it was portrayed as a very uh, negative place in general. And I grew up in that, that context, being read as um, connected with that. Um, and so, um, so in a sense, um, I lived with those stories, even though um, they didn't uh, happen directly to me, as many other people my generation, maybe maybe of uh, the current generation, uh, have lived with those stories. It filled my imagination, and um, and there was something I had to deal with. And so, um, although again, not in a, a direct way, and so uh, perhaps um, that's how they entered. Um, yeah, that's how it, uh, it became a subject that I wanted to explore in in fictional terms. And it is fiction, but like you said, uh, you are uh, the, uh, a child of, of parents uh, who came here from Trinidad. Uh, have your parents read the book? Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah. they've read that. They, they, um, they didn't have the opportunity to, um, to go to school the way that, that I have. Um, but they are, uh, you know, they're wonderfully uh, supportive people who are, uh, yeah, I'm just really blessed to have. And they, they, they read everything that, that I write. And, uh, yeah, they have, yeah. <laughs> that that's good. And and did they get a, did you get a positive response from them to this book? Yes, yeah. I, um yeah, I did. I was I was sweating a bit. <laughs> um you know, I think you know, I guess any son who shows um his parents um work, uh, especially, you know, things like oh my goodness, like, you know, like uh, you know, sex scenes um <laughs> Um, you know, whatever, it's, it's always going to be a bit, uh, nerve wracking, I think, but, but yeah, they're, they're really, um, they're really thoughtful and generous people. Um, again, the, the sort of people, um, you know, I guess working people that have had a tough life and, but who've, who've struggled, struggled and, and have offered hope and when sometimes there, there didn't seem to be much cause for, for a tremendous amount of hope. Uh, they're they're like that, and and that I guess that extends to the generosity they uh, they offer to others, um, all others I would say, but uh, their son as well <laughs> with his own efforts at writing. And uh, this is your second book. Did you know uh, after writing the first that this is the story you wanted to tell, and this would be your second novel? Yes, uh, I guess shortly. Yeah, I, it's true. It's a good question. I, it's shortly after I finished that first book. I, I decided this was the book I wanted to write. Um, it took me quite a long time. It, it took me 10 years to write this book. I finished my last book, or it was published, my last book in 2007. Uh, this book was published in, in 2017. And uh, it, so even though I had a, a firm idea of what the book was going to be about, uh, the, the, the major... Um, the major narrative arc of the book um, was was in place. And I knew it was going to be about the morning of the death of, of an older brother. I knew the the voice. I knew the setting. I knew all these sorts of things. I um, it took me a long time to write this book. I think it was uh, a very challenging book to write for for many reasons. Um, 
yeah, um, you know, how do you how do you tell this particular story without being overwhelmed with um, with the I guess the grief that um, that you know that is a part of this story. Um, how do you at the same time show again beauty, um, resilience, um, joy, um, life in general? Um, how do you uh, navigate uh, some very complicated um, aesthetic questions regarding the narrative? It's a it's a nonlinear narrative. How do you go back and forth in time while while uh, maintaining a story arc? And how do you navigate, likewise, uh, certain, uh, I guess, complex political implications in what I'm, I'm writing about? Um, these are questions I think that um, many authors I admire, um, really experienced authors, really great authors, um, um, do think about quite deeply when writing their books. And I just needed to take uh, extra time to, to think about what I was doing. And, and when you say it took you that long to write it, was it the was it rewriting, or did you have the story down, or did it take a lot of that time to get the the, the first story down? It was rewriting for me. It, it um, one person that I I've um, was uh, very kind and generous to me regarding um, my first book, Alistair McLeod. Um, he writes. He wrote. Uh, of course, he passed away. He. Um, writes very or wrote very slowly and but he would write one word after the other just think and write a word and think a bit more and write another word and he would write with pen on paper and by the end of the writing process that's pretty much it um and that's always amazed me um and maybe it's a it's a a feature of of a certain writer of the past who works quite literally with pen and ink and so uh crossing things out and whatnot um not as easy as the writer I am who tends to work on a screen and so it's so easy to delete it's so easy to cut and paste you can do that endlessly and it's there's no cost really at all to that you're not you're not um, you're not wasting ink and you're not wasting paper but yeah it's um, and I guess yeah it's uh, that's the type of writer I am I, I endlessly endlessly rewrite I, and I also think I I in a certain way, I need to fail psychologically as a writer, so that if I need to write a sentence ten times, and I've written miraculously, I've written that sentence correctly the, the first time or the second time, I will nevertheless have to write that sentence um, you know, nine or eight or nine other times in order to uh, do it the wrong way and be satisfied. Oh, that is the wrong way. So now I can go back and, and believe to myself, this is the right way. Hmm, interesting. Uh, one final question. I like to often uh, ask people about the covers. Uh, the cover of this uh, has a record player on it. What's, what is the meaning of the record player? I guess uh, the record player alludes to uh, one of the ways that uh, the youths in the story, the youths, um, both um, uh, before the, the tragedy, before the shooting and after the shooting, find hope. And um, uh, and um, comfort, and that's also the the mother also finds hope and comfort uh, through music. So um, specifically, the the music being made in the novel is a type of DJing uh, turntablism that was uh, taking shape and, and entering a new kind of form in in the early '90s when the novel is set. And the new record player also alludes to a long legacy of, uh, in fact, black music that. Um, is likewise about uh, nurturing hope 
and uh, resilience and uh, embodying life in very difficult times and through difficult moments, um, oppressive moments and uh, moments where uh, there is struggle, but there's very little light. And so, um, yeah, I guess um, in, a, in a very uh, modest way, but uh, in a way I, I felt was very, uh, very meaningful to me. Uh, music was a way of uh, honoring that, uh, that powerful and enduring legacy of, of black music. All right. Well, it uh, looks like a fascinating read. As I, as I said, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I'm going to do that now. Uh, David Chariandi, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the nomination. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.